This is the Neighborhood Conversations Podcast. Today's episode was originally recorded on February 11th, 2024. There were some technical difficulties with the recording this week, so we're dropping you right into the middle of the beginning of Andromeda's sermon. of great power who did some totally epic stuff, okay? For a good time, read 2 Kings for real, okay? (laughs) And Elijah has had an incredible run. He challenged kings and queens. He called down fire from the sky to burn up the prophets of Baal. That thing needs to be a blockbuster movie. And he ran to the wilderness and he hid in the rock and he watched God pass by and heard God in the still, small voice. Elijah has had adventures. And after many years, he hears the voice of God again, this time inviting him to a new kind of experience, one that very few people have. Only a handful of people have the experience, not of death, but of being taken. It happens in different ways. I don't have any answers for you, okay? We can talk about it later if you're working this out. But in Genesis, so in an earlier book of of the Bible, there's a man named Enoch who the Bible says walked with God and disappeared because God took him. That's the only explanation we get of that. And then we get this explanation. Somehow, Elijah knows that this is going to happen to him too, that God is going to take him. And one day he wakes up, and that day it's not the time to make the donuts. It's time to go and meet God. So also in our text for today is another prophet, confusingly called Elisha. So Elisha is like Elijah's apprentice. He's following Elijah around, learning what he can, absorbing the experience of the elder prophet. And because Elisha is also a prophet, somehow he knows also that this is the day too. And when sometimes um, you think about, maybe this is just me, you think about prophet, uh, being a prophet being a solitary kind of job, right? Like you're the one person being the prophet out on the mountaintop challenging the people in the throne room. You're just doing this by yourself. But apparently that's not how it goes. In Scripture and in this Scripture, it shows us that there are whole communities of prophets in various cities. And all of these prophets also know that this is the day for Elijah also. So I imagine because everybody knows that that is the day, but they don't exactly know how or when this mysterious moment is going to occur, they are just walking around with eyes wide open. They are paying extra attention, just absorbing the day, noticing every little thing with with less filters than normal. Elijah and Elisha, they start out on a walk, and at different times, Elijah keeps trying to get Elisha to stay behind, but Elisha is not going to leave Elijah's side. He says, I'm not letting you out of my sight. And as they meet other prophets, they pull Elisha aside and they say, you know, today is the day, right? I love this because it's sort of like psychics at the psychic convention, right? They're all prophets. So it's like psychics, yes, I know your name is Stephen, and I know that your birthday is Monday. Um, the, these prophets know, right? They, everybody knows. Elisha knows. Elijah knows that today is the big day. 
Eventually, Elijah and Elisha come to the River Jordan, and Elijah takes off his cloak, or his mantle is another word that's used in some translations. And he rolls it up, and he strikes the water with it, and the water rolls back just like it did when the Israelites crossed out of Egypt across the Red Sea and when they crossed the Jordan into the land of promise. So this moment, this action is marking a big moment. And Elijah finally looks at Elisha and says, what can I do for you? What can I do for you before I'm taken? Ask anything. And Elisha said, your life repeated in my life. I want to be a holy man just like you. That's a hard one, said Elijah. But if you're watching, if you're watching when I'm taken from you, you'll get what you asked for. But only if you're watching. And just like that, a chariot with horses of fire comes by and takes Elijah up into heaven in a whirlwind. And Elisha is watching and he sees all of this unfolding because he's not taking his eyes off of Elijah. And in my mind, the way I see it, Elisha is standing there watching all of this, you know. And then Elijah's cloak comes floating down like it fell off the back of the chariot of fire as it's heading into heaven. And Elisha picks it up and he takes it with him. The cloak is handed off. So back at the Jordan, he decides to try something. He rolls up the cloak, just like he saw Elijah do, and he strikes the river with it, and the water rolls back, and Elisha walks through on dry land and seen. I love the drama in this, right? It happened. It worked. He got some of that same power. So here in this handoff moment, the cloak or the mantle, as we say, this mantle was passed from Elijah to Elisha. Of course, there's not magic in this mantle. There's not cosmic power in this cloak. But there is something about the handing off of this personal item from one prophet to the other that helps us notice how the work is handed off from generation to generation. Because we are all involved in work, in a project, in a mission, a mission that is intergenerational. This, of course, is the work of God, the work to remake and restore creation, to build the beloved community, to weave the kingdom of God. This work is the biggest and deepest work that any of us can do. It is the work of the light. It is the work of love. It is the work to speak truth to oppressive power, to demand justice in an unjust world. It is the work of healing and peacemaking of broken hearts. It is the work of discovering joy in a world that dehumanizes us. This is the long work, and none of us can do it by ourselves. And it's likely that we will not get the work completed on our shift. This means that we were invited into this work by others that came before us, and we're going to hand off this work to somebody else in time. The work that we are doing requires handoffs. 
And handoffs require paying attention. Looking at the person that you're handing something off to, receiving the handoff from, you have to pay attention. Runners in relay races practice handoffs over and over, and they learn how to see and feel what the other runners are doing so they can hand off the relay baton and not drop it. I love that Elisha says, I'm not letting you out of my sight. And Elijah says, keep your eyes watching me. They're talking about this mutual shared vision. I want you to take a moment and reflect on where you find yourself in this story. Do you immediately see yourself as Elisha? Your eyes are on the elder prophet You're anticipating a moment when the power and the responsibility are finally passed to you? Are you a person waiting to take the next step into the work, looking to be called up to the big leagues? Or do you see yourself as Elijah in this story? You have had your time in the work, and the ride was wild, and you thought you were going to die a couple times there, but you didn't, and it is time for you to share your wisdom, to pass off the work to the next person. Where do you immediately see yourself? Like, what's your gut reaction to that question? I confess that I almost immediately see myself in more of an Elisha role, waiting for my time to shine because I'm ready to do more, to step into the spotlight, and to be sure the text is written that way with an emphasis on Elisha. And maybe that's where you are. You're waiting on the world to change, not yet at the places of power, but you know how you would contribute, and you know that you are ready. But I also think that it might be helpful here for all of us, no matter our age or position or role, to think how we might have that Elijah kind of perspective. To think about how it is that we pass on the work to the people coming behind us. How we might mentor and guide and coach the next shift, the next generation. How we might welcome others to do what it is that we are doing. Now you might be thinking, I'm in, you know, my 50s. I've had plenty of time left to be a leader and to do my thing. You might be thinking, I'm in my 40s. I've just gotten started, and I need to focus on my own work. You might be thinking, I'm in my 20s. I have barely gotten into this work. Why would I think about who's next? I'm just getting started. But here's the deal. I would venture a guess that for most of us, if not all of us, we've experienced a broken handoff a time or two. You know what I mean. We show up to our work and there was no prepared handoff. It was a show up and like sort through the mess just to see what was going on kind of situation. Where you do do the work for a while and then you learn that somebody else had already been doing the same thing and was maybe most of the way through the project, but it didn't get communicated or handed off and so you duplicated efforts, all that kind of stuff. So many of us have had the mantle passed to us because we picked it up off the ground. And that's okay, like we can pick up a mantle, we can pick it up off the ground, we can pick up the dropped baton, and we can keep on running, but it would be better if we saw ourselves as the elder Elijah, no matter our age or our stage, and we built in 
times and opportunities to share our wisdom, our insight, our experience with others. We can be constantly sharing our mantles. We don't have to wait till the last day on earth to share it. We can share our mantles over and over again so that our power becomes more widely shared. People at the end of their working life, of course, can mentor those just beginning the work. Those just beginning can also show the very young what is possible, right? They can also, the very young can also show the elders what new directions are needed. For the work of restoration to continue, to grow, and to thrive, y'all, we need to share power and to invite others into the work. We need to open up our schedules, our hearts, our attention, and put our focus on others in their journeys so that they don't have to pick up the work off the ground, but so that they receive it from our hands in a good, smooth, clean handoff with feelings of love and care and joy that we are doing this together. Our focus needs to be on the handoff, our eyes attuned to the other, so we can see all the people and share in the work. Okay, so in my office for a while, we had to use it for something else, but anyway, in, in my office for a while was a giant whiteboard. It's the one that's on wheels. Perhaps you've seen it around. And on it, I had all of my job roles laid out so that I wouldn't lose focus. One of the things I've realized about myself is that I, I fall asleep to certain parts of my life. It's just how it goes. And so from day to day, sometimes I forget what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> And so I was writing them out on this whiteboard in an inconvenient place in my office, so I had to step around it and notice it every time I went to my desk. Do you know what I mean? I was putting something in my way so that I could notice it. And all around all of these words where I wrote out my job role, I wrote to remind myself, not us new people, not us new people, not us new people. Our call as a community of faith, as people of faith, is to always keep our eyes not only on ourselves and our work and our race, our job is to, is to hand off this work, to keep our eyes on the new people, to focus on how we share and invite, how we bring new people into the work so that this work can spread and continue. I think about all the runners who, who run the Olympic torch, right, to get ready for the Olympic Games. Um, I got to see that happen uh, in just south of Atlanta when they came for the 1996 Olympics here. They run it from the beginning spot in Greece all over the world until it gets to the place where the Games are being held. And, and the light of the Olympics is handed off from person to person, some people running, some people riding or rolling, riding or rolling, some people walking or rowing, but it's passed, it's carried from person to person to show the whole world that the light is on the move, that the light is present everywhere. Y'all, how can you receive with joy this light of the work of restoration and run your designated section with passion, imagination, and joy? And how can you practice the handoff over and over and over, practicing handing off the light to the next runner and to the next and to the next until part of the work is handing off the light? Neighbors, the work came before us. 
We were past the work by the ancestors, by the saints, some of whom we know by name and some of whom we don't. But it's in our hands now. And it may seem difficult or even impossible to run the race in the world today, to carry the light and execute the work in this broken world. But y'all, we will carry this light and we will share it with others and we will hand it off someday. So friends, let's go ahead and practice this handoff. Let's practice the sharing. Let's do this every day. Let's make including and sharing our power as a part of the work, not the thing that happens at the end. Y'all, all of this may seem complicated and complex, but look, handing off the work with joy and love, with a clarity of vision, is what the light can do. Amen and amen. Neighborhood Conversations produced by Neighborhood Church in Atlanta, Georgia. You can learn more about us at neighborhoodchurchatl.com. And on our website, you can find links to our weekly live streams. And you can find out what's going on in the neighborhood. Find us on social media and don't forget to subscribe. Peace be with you.